gentle swine welcome to the next episode of sit down with the stallions we got our guest dylan friedman he is a drummer in the cleveland area band fireside and he is also spruce's cousin how are we doing over there in spruce studios in cleveland what is good everybody we are chilling here spruce studios like club said i am with my very own blood dylan friedman and my cousin first cousin important and, and very important <clears throat> and just a great friend of mine dill how's it going man thanks for coming all on. good happy to be here awesome yeah no so dylan uh you were born into music. You really didn't have a choice to uh, not be a part of it uh, with your father and kind of our grandfather as well, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so our grandfather, go in a little bit more detail, uh, his name was Sid Friedman. And he basically booked shows all around the U.S. for very high profile people back in like... I mean, one was like probably like the 50s, 60s. Like he was booking people yeah, like Sinatra, yeah. Elvis, and was literally like calling them up personally to play certain shows and whatnot. Yeah, and I, I think the story goes that he worked at the Higby Building downtown selling shoes. I think it was the Higby Building in downtown Cleveland. And there was like on the, on the upper floor, because he was on the first floor selling shoes with like the department stores. And I think the floor up was uh, like business offices. And one of the guys up there was a, like an entertainment attorney. And so they would like brush shoulders being, being in there. And okay. I think Sid was like, Hey, you know, I'm interested in what you're doing. And so I guess the guy taught him a thing or two or showed him the ropes. And then I think during world war two, right. He got drafted. Yes. And then during that process, the military like wanted a way to raise morale. And so they're like, we, we should get some entertainment going for the troops. And that's when Sid came and was like, hey, like, I know, even though he really didn't, he's like, I know a thing or two about this. So they're like, sure, why not? So he just started booking all this entertainment for the troops in World War II. So like, and then by the time he got out of the war, he like actually had experience. And so from this took that's off That's an from incredible there. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, crazy to think about. I mean, uh, he passed away in 2003. Uh, so, uh, we were very young, uh, but yeah, the stories that we definitely hear of Papa and just the power that he had, like, like after that, like being drafted and whatnot coming out and then boom, from there, he was, like I said, Sinatra, all of us high profile mm -hmm. names. And, uh, so yeah, it was in our family way back when, but then your dad as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's fair to say it's a family of entertainers, like at least on my, you know, that side of the family, uh, like everyone did something basically like our grandma and all of her siblings were like dancers and musicians. Uh, and that's how they made their money. And, uh, that's how our grandparents met. My grandma was a yeah. dancer and grandpa was the booking agent. And that's how they met. The classic love story. Story <laughs> as old as time. And then- uh, and This is the product you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. That's very then, cool. And then her son, my dad has been playing music since he was about seven. And I suppose that's where like my story begins is he's been a musician his entire life and has been in bands. Uh, to this day since he was 
I think in high school was his first yeah. band exit uh, in the seventies. And then it's just been nonstop since then to the point, you know, where our paths intersect now where I'm in a band with him currently. Yeah, that is awesome how it's uh, come full circle with that. But I mean, just growing up, uh, I mean, your dad's uh, concerts were events for our family to all like literally go out and meet like Dave's Planet was another one I vividly remember <laughs> your dad playing and uh, he was in uh, was it the Brothers Blues Band? Is that their actual name? That was yeah, good memory, dude. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was like the opposite of Blues Brothers. It was Brothers Blues, but they did the whole shebang with everything. <laughs> yeah, there was a 19-piece Blues Brothers cover band. <laughs> it was insane, and like they had the singers. Oh, oh, and also our um, Michael Sam's dad uh, plays the bass, and dude rips it as well. Like I remember, I mean, I haven't chanted with him in many years, but I also didn't really know anything about guitar. But just seeing him like play when we were just in your basement was freaking awesome so yeah he rips he makes my job easy now it's like i don't even need to think about what he's doing like it makes it so much easier from um it's like when you're playing the tracks he's like playing to a track because like you know he's gonna be on the money basically all the time and bands talk about how important it is to have the bassist and the drummer have chemistry together and i'm that is the best kind of chemistry you can get a father-son duo <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah, wait, can you can you actually elaborate on that a little more, Dylan? So like I guess the whole dynamic of playing in a band with your father, like that's got to be a pretty unique experience. Um like can, I guess can you share any like special stories or anything that would like shed light on that dynamic? Well, I mean, we've always been pretty close and had a good relationship. Um but I mean just growing up and hearing him play so much i i like know sort of intuitively his style and where he goes and i like so much communication is nonverbal right and so much of musical communication is nonverbal so when you're up on the stage and you know you need to cue the band for certain things like you 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 learn to know what to look for from certain people like how they cue and I think, you know, for me, when when we're just talking about the rhythm section and me and him, you know, backing up the rhythm section of uh, Fireside, um, I, I think it's, it's just so intuitive for me to know where he intends to go as a bass player with the music, just being around it for so long. So, like, I always feel like we're in lockstep from the, a rhythm perspective. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's always awesome, like, being able to share a hobby or a passion like that with your father. Like, I'm lucky enough that my father and I share a lot of the same interests, and I can only imagine how cool that is to just be playing on stage with your father regularly. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but I will say it feels like so, it feels so normal to me that it's never, I do appreciate it, of course, but I'm never never wowed i guess just because it, it's been you know part of my life for as long as i've known it so you know that that definitely makes sense um so when did you start drumming so i started in 2012 it would have been october 2012 so uh 10 years this year dang I was, yeah i was guessing honestly like about a decade because yeah yeah we would always do a shout out to Kay Friedman, our grandma again. We would do Grandma Mondays, but Dylan, you'd have to skedaddle sometimes <laughs> to make it to uh, 
uh, your drum practices. I vividly yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took lessons with Jim Wall, who's a local guy from around here in the Brothers Blues Band. And uh, he's still with them. And he's just a great technical drummer. He's awesome. So took lessons from him. And he could be, you know, pretty hard sometimes, but in, in a good way, right? So um, really helped me get my chops up. And it's been a while since I have seen him i had to stop for school but uh yeah. yeah yeah but he got me this far so and i'm sure the experience just playing out has only just exceeded your not just confidence but also your playing obviously as well like yeah and i think you know it is it is a cover band so it's not you know it's not uh, originals but you just get the reps in and that's the biggest thing that you can play the tracks all you want. And I played for two tracks for forever. Yeah. It was like, you know, until I joined the Dangos, it was the, which was, yes. you know, seven years into playing or whatever it was, I'd only played the tracks up to that point or maybe the occasional jam. Uh, but playing live is just a different beast. You can, you can practice for 20 years, but if you never play live, you're like not going to, it's a different thing. Uh, so just to get the reps in is great. And you, you get to do, you know, with a cover band, you just get to do so much more volume. And, and I think on top of that, it, it, it's a great way to learn. So like, there's so many, you know, when I'm thinking about making music now or doing original stuff, I'm, you know, thinking about the pieces or parts that I've taken with me from the songs I've learned over the years that, you know, have stood that's, with me. That's the majority of how songs are created. Yeah, definitely. Like, so many of my songs are just like, I learned this chord from this song. Let's take it here. Yeah. Or just getting influenced around. by different stuff or, or, you know, there's even, there was a song called play that Dave Grohl wrote. It's like a 24 minute song where he tracked all the instruments. He wrote and tracked it alone. It's, it's really awesome. But I was learning that at one point and he like had a bunch of really cool triplets in there. So I learned that. And then I ended up needing it later in, in this cover band yeah. uh, for like a couple different songs. I'm like, oh, great. I'm glad I like, you know, studied that song because now I have that particular triplet down and I need it here. And it's, you know, Definitely. yeah, literally you seeing repeat pattern. It's, it's, it's really big, honestly, in music to continue um you mentioned uh inspirations i what are okay so what are your three inspirations is what i would ask and then i also want just to, you don't have to give me a specific number mm -hmm. but i mean you were t telling me you were just learning the tool song which is like fucking insane on drums like what are the hardest danny carey danny carey he he they played here uh, Sunday. It's, they did. It's currently yes. Wednesday. It's so like four days ago. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, I, I didn't get to go, but that would have been awesome. Dude, he's. I mean, an insane drummer. But yeah. So like. Yeah. Inspiration for to like pick up the drums and then yeah, go into some hard songs as well because you've been teeing off on a couple that. Yeah. I know, like I mean, you just mentioned that play song, twenty four minutes. Yeah. Well, I I don't have that all the way down. Like, <laughs> that's, pieces that's and parts. Like an EP. <laughs> 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 so I don't I don't know if it was always destined in terms of like what inspired me to become a drummer, but one of my earliest memories is my my dad around when I was born was in a band called the Buzz Band, which was him and a guitar player singer named Ed Sarley and their drummer Tommy Varga. They call him TV. And uh one of my earliest memories, I'm pretty sure I was like four or five, 
was them playing up on Kelly's Island and me like going there and they played a show and I like sat behind the drum kit the entire time. Like, like, you know, crisscross applesauce. Yeah. I was just like hanging out with the drummer and like he was talking to me between their songs and stuff. And so that's like one of my first memories that I can remember in life is like sitting behind nice. this guys. They want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as the buzz band played up on the islands. Uh, but then, you know, just being around my dad, even though I didn't play till I was like 19 or 18. Um, yeah. Like I still had, I, you know, heard so much different music and I still was going to shows with him all the time and seeing him play. Uh, Dude, do you remember going to Kiss Together at the at the Quicken yeah. Loans Arena? Do you remember the name of the tour? It was uh, the Black Ice Tour. 35 and still live. Oh, and still live. <laughs> oh, cause, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, dude. I, wait, no, Black Ice. What am I talking about? That's ACDC. That was yeah. I was really <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, I saw them in like the same year, and I like didn't appreciate uh, for seeing those two bands. But yeah, no. we saw Kiss up in like the nosebleeds and like Quicken Loans. Or, and know. their opener was Buck Cherry. Yes, and I remember I'm sorry. Oh wow, <laughs> crazy bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn, they they put on a good show. This is a great name for a tour. Uh, and they're still going, I Dude, think. Yeah, like both those bands are on tour this summer. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but to get back to your question, uh, so I, I'm like beyond being around music my whole life, like for whatever reason, even before I became a drummer, like if I was listening to something, it would always be the air drum, wasn't the air guitar. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that meant anything. <laughs> but ultimately, I just got to a point where I was ready to uh, – ready to play and so went to my dad and said I wanted to play he said hey do you know anyone who gives lessons and he connected me with uh, Jim Wall and the rest is history yeah well that's good inspiration right there sitting behind the drum kit honestly yeah really need to see it that close and live in terms of like current players um one is Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters he's such a beast uh yeah yeah, he's he's unbelievable, and I had a chance to see them at the House of Blues. You went to that show. I the went one to that, that show. Released. Oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. Yes. It got released like wow. two days before. And yeah, yeah. So I crazy. went to the I went to the last show they played before being inducted into the Rock Hall, and I got I got to see them. Yeah, House of Blues. It's like a twelve hundred seat venue, and you know they normally sell out like Wembley over in London yeah. and stuff like that. So, just uh, yeah, to see them in that venue was crazy. And man, just to hear, you know, specifically Taylor as a drummer, uh, you know, doing those songs because, you know, you hear him on the radio so much, you know how they go, but you can like tell where he's amplified and like changed and added in nuance to those songs over the years. And he's just such a powerhouse rock drummer, like amazing meter, amazing fills, but he still knows how to have fun with it. And, uh, He's like a great singer too. So. Dude, yeah, he sings that uh, like somebody to love. I'm pretty sure. Or yeah, he his yeah, his favorite Queen band stuff. is a uh, Queen. Okay, so yeah, he'll go sense. up and do the Queen stuff, and he can nail it, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, for Honestly. anyone to be able to sing Queen. Uh, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, dude, that's all the inspiration and, you need. Yeah, <laughs> and and I had a moment at that show when like Dave went on drums and he was doing some fills, oh, and I had that moment of like. I'm watching Dave Grohl play drums. I'm watching Pat Smear play guitar. I'm like, oh, I'm watching two of the four members of Nirvana yeah. live right now in 2021. That's so crazy. Like, 
like i mean i guess any food fighter show is that technically but just to see dave on the drums specifically that's like one of the most like intimate concerts that you could ever ever yeah it was amazing i have a lot of grubby bone footage from that show i normally don't take much footage at concerts and try and like be there but for that one like i'm I'm gonna want to relive this i've promised dylan that he will be back on when we do our first foo fighters album review so this isn't the last yes. scene I heard of him yeah. talking about the foo. I've listened to them uh, too much. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan too. I I haven't seen them in a while. The last time I saw them was in 2012, I think it was. It was the Wasting Light tour. Yeah. It was at Lollapalooza. And yeah, that was an insane yeah, show. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, Taylor Hawkins, huge inspiration. Um, Danny Carey, more recently. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of Tool, but like, man, I just listening to him. He's such a, it's watching him play is like a masterclass in progressive. He's rock. a robot. Like every note he hits is just perfectly in time. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. And he has such a great feel for it. And he his dynamics are amazing and oh yeah his control over volume on his drums which is really hard to do as a drummer to really control your dynamics is it's it's really hard so he he's amazing at that um i'm sure you've seen it but that video of that concert of him playing uh numa yeah it's that one i've watched that like 10 times in the past year like once a month it's like a once a month watch because man that that video specifically is a master class in drumming there's so many you know time signature changes and he's he's mastered dynamics he's mastered you know playing progressive music with multiple time signature changes uh he's even mastered like polyrhythms where he's playing you know different time signatures with like his arms versus like the double pedal on the feet like he'll be playing a four four over a three four yeah yeah so that's what i'm trying to do i'm currently trying to learn the pot which is one of their songs and it has some of that so that's the best tool song (laughs) my favorite one yeah other than maybe numa so trying to just you know it's like hey i like this song i'm gonna go learn this because if i can learn this song i can do a lot more and like like i said man just learning covers you learn so much along the way like I, I learned, you know, for that one part of that song, how I'd like to do that four, four over the three, four on, yeah. the, on the feet. And yeah, That's so crazy. yeah, yeah. Brain training. <laughs> <clears throat> the one other dude that comes to mind, although I can't say I've replicated him much, but he definitely inspires me is a Larnell Lewis, who plays for Snarky Puppy. Dude, he was just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're opening for Steely Dan on Steely Dan's tour this summer. All right, yeah, I got to I got to see him and Snarky Puppy like four or five years ago. They were here for Cleveland Jazz Fest, and man, he's much like how Danny carries a master of like that progressive rock style. He, Larnell Lewis, is a master of the. like I guess you it's it's jazz yeah it's definitely jazzy I don't know what you'd call it specifically but it definitely leans yeah, fusion jazz fusion uh, jazz yeah that's... It's, that's a good way to put it yeah I'd say it's fusion yeah. jazz man he's just unbelievable just I'll have to check him out a little bit more uh, honestly I, yeah. I I don't know too much about the snarky puppies yeah yeah they're unbelievable so not not for everybody like they're 
I think, you know, when you get, when you get into more complicated stuff, even, even like tool in a different way, like once it gets kind of too complicated, maybe dream theater is a better example. You just saw dream theater. Yeah. yeah they like, are so good. I bet. But like, it takes a certain person to appreciate them. They're, they're like a musician's band, so to speak. Yeah, it's like a big production. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, yeah. Right. Like at least from my, cause I saw dream theater in 2012 and my experience was they were, you know, there's not much going on on stage. So unless you really love that music, um, you know, it, it's, they're not going to bring like the entertainment value that like a Foo Fighters might bring or a Chili yeah. Peppers or, you know, name X person with good stage show. Um, but like, man, musically, they're just killer. Yeah. Yeah. I got to throw one more drummer of like that sort of genre at you matt gartska are you familiar with animals as leaders at all i know the name but i haven't dove into them so i'm not too familiar so they are like the king of polyrhythms and this dude matt gartska like i do not even i cannot even like my brain cannot comprehend what he is playing most of the time (laughs) like i'll check it different limbs playing different time signatures the entire song playing time signatures their lead guitarist plays a seven string guitar and is playing like bass parts and guitar parts at the same time like they might be the most talented band i've ever listened to that's it's like you said it's it's not for everyone it's a musician's band for sure yeah not to say you non-musicians out there probably like check them out (laughs) Yeah, no, give them a try. It, Never know. The radio does not hold everything. No, no. Yes. Oh, oh you know who I was going to mention too is Chad Smith, which I mean, yes. same. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like every year I have like a new drummer I'm studying and trying to digest. And he's been my guy recently and just trying to like take in his different techniques. One, the simplicity of it as well with that funk. It's, like, it's taking simplicity, but adding nuance to it, if, yeah. you know, which is probably sounds stupid on his face but that's really what he's doing um you know he's taking very uh-huh. basic blues and you know jazz and rock roots and just playing them with like panache and style he's another one his dynamics are amazing it's like you know ghost noting so important for drumming yeah. and he's he's yeah he, he has such clean crisp ghost notes which i think is when you're talking about jumping from like a intermediate to a great drummer or maybe like beginner to intermediate like getting clean crisp ghost notes that's a huge thing i think and the other thing he did which i didn't realize i would always listen to their tracks or listen to them playing live and it's like man his kit sounds so crisp and i didn't realize that so you have like a rim shot on a drum right where you hit the snare but you also connect with the rim at the same time and it makes like a really it's a much louder a sharper high-end yeah. sound and he apparently pl- uh-huh. plays all of his like two and four backbeats as rim shots wow interesting yeah is what i heard him say on the video yeah. i was watching so and who knows maybe he doesn't do it all the time but if that's the case it makes a lot of sense to me because i'm i've always just been impressed by like the quality and sharpness of his sound yeah he he is very clean i saw them live too um i want to say it was the year after i saw foo fighters um yeah one thing i noticed about his kit too his bass drum is massive i want to say it's like (laughs) 26 inches it's huge 
Yeah, that might be like a 24 or something, something like that. Yeah, it's either a 24 or 26, but it like, mm-hmm. it just looks abnormally large. And like, <laughs> it's like, how are the rack toms even fitting up there? <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked at his kit specs, but I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, hell yeah, I appreciate you going into some detail about all of that. Um, that yeah, I know that was awesome. Um, but so uh, we got to mention it. Dylan threw it in there very quickly, but he mentioned the Dango Packies once more. This is the, now the third sit down with the Stanleys in a row that the yeah. Dango Packies have been brought up where we're all just involved in this. So again, if you didn't listen to any, any of the other ones, uh, we had a band down at OU called the Dango Packies. And, and the, the Funky Uncles. And, and and the Funky Uncles was what it evolved to. And then it evolved to Casual Shandy. Um, but nonetheless, Klepp was the original drummer in the basement played out those three shows with joe uh, Belinsky, who we've had on here before and then uh from there like we all went home club was in toledo and dylan was in cleveland so we started jamming with dylan as well and i was texting club today like you two are the only drummers who have ever dissected those songs which is like so funny to think that this is the first time that you guys are actually meeting mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Eskimo brothers, if you will. <laughs> That's but, one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but but we talked about before we uh, started recording that uh, once I get Spruce Studios, this is the Temp Spruce Studios. Once I get it going, I have a garage. I'm gonna be just decking out. Hopefully soon here. It didn't occur to me till right now that there's a painting of a stallion right behind. This you. is the stallion. <laughs> the stallion. I'm gonna go into detail. I've never told. Uh, maybe we'll start off the month of April with the detail of how I got that and why the stallions <laughs> came. Because I've never honestly explained it. Um, but we're not going to do it in this episode. What do you call it? Like rat dwellers? Who are the other <laughs> the snails? <laughs> concert the rats. rats. Concert rats. <laughs> the concert rats are snails who you just got to salt. They the scurry way. around and pester everyone. <laughs> but you're officially a stallion after uh, being right. <laughs> good. It's good to hear. Um, but yeah, so it's been fun to record. Uh, so Dylan and I did record at Bad Racket Studios downtown in uh, I couldn't even remember the name. Ohio. Um, it was, it's, it's a nice studio, uh, definitely, but we were young, naive and, uh, didn't really know, but it was a good experience to be in a professional studio and kind of go about that for a couple of days. Um, get but, the reps. Yeah. Get our reps and, uh, just go through that into just the essence of creating, but, uh, I'm doing my album as well, uh, coming up here. I know I've mentioned it, but, uh, Dylan is actually going to be the drummer on that. So, uh. Mm-hmm. Definitely stay tuned mm-hmm. to that because we're about to break these down here in the next couple of weeks and get this going. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. The essence of creating is like, I don't know, the most, like I love doing that with uh, music. And so you've also dove into guitar lessons recently. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Recently, like over the past two to three years, really, it's been very casual and I would not even go so far as to say i'm like good enough to like play at a jam or anything uh it it takes a but, couple of years man it yeah i know it definitely does and you know unlike when i was learning the drums i'm an adult with responsibility now and it's so much harder to get the time to really digest it but yeah 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 no but i mean but uh do you see yourself uh because a big part of it, like, it's hard to write songs as a drummer. I'm sure you have, like, ideas mm-hmm. and, like, certain beats and whatnot. But are you excited or plan to at all, like, 
hopefully venture into the melody yeah. realm of, of I that? I would love to do that eventually. I definitely get ideas every now and then that are just haphazardly recorded on like the notes in my phone. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I, I would love to, that's, that's really the main reason why I, you know, took up guitar. I, I want to learn melody and like the music theory side of things. Cause it's so different from rhythm. Uh, and I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't sit down by myself at a drum kit and be like, check out, you know, Hey ladies, <laughs> check out this song. And like, you got to bring your drum kit. That's like the worst part as no. well. I feel like, about yeah, a drummer, or like, like, you know, there's just no melody, <laughs> so there's nothing to follow necessarily. Like you can do, you know, you can be as good a drummer as any, but it's not going to translate into something that, you know, yeah. that's melodic. So, so I definitely do want to do that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if I ever get there. I don't oh, know. We'll get you there. We'll get you <laughs> in Spruce Studios once I start getting my uh, producing skills up. And... Yeah, yeah. Or you can be my test dummy. Please be my test dummy. I need somebody. Clap, you're my test dummy too. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Do you remember anything from when we were recording that Dango album? Because we recorded it in summer of 17. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I actually remember that pretty vividly. I was weirdly going back to those songs. Um, I got to figure it out. So they're under. So I, I was in an, another band in 2019. So two years after this called Tomo Alone. Uh, and I was with another member as well who was in Casual Shandy with us. And so <laughs> who we, was Dango Packies. Yeah. And Dango Packies as well. Yeah. Um, but he, so him and I started in a different band with people. And we were like, well, we have all of this. Might as well just like change the name so like it shows like if people look us up and now i regret it to the max because i've tried to change it back to casual shandy and it's telling me the name's taken and now <laughs> i haven't tried it in a couple months honestly because i was yeah. very frustrated being like oh, yes i took the name and then i changed it it was me it was me <laughs> um, but i need to get that back to uh, casual shandy because yeah, unless there's that, a new account that came in you know slipped in but even they then swooped. but even then i like you can have multiple i'm sure there's another artist out there named spruce or something like that. yeah that's a good point i don't know i don't know i'll i'll figure I it out i know there's two liquid souls there's like a liquid soul dj and then there's a liquid soul the acid jazz band <laughs> Spotify, yeah. if you're listening to this, it's me. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> here. No, I'll get it. Like, yeah. So the album that we're referring to is under Tomo Loan. It's called Pleasantly Distracted. Uh, but I'm gonna get it back to Casual Shandy. We'll have an announcement once. Yeah, the naming was kind of a mess. It was Dango Packy, then Dango Packy and the Funky Uncles. Then we released <laughs> the album under Casual Shandy. And then did we released the album, and then we never played again, never promoted <laughs> it. Like that's why it was like, yeah, the album was the last thing we did. We never played a show. We, did. we never played a show after, and like, and then we all like moved. You were going into like law school and stuff. And yeah, like, it was just uh, life. Life happened. I know. So uh, yeah, hopefully I need this album out of my own. Yeah. So yeah. I could actually like play it out. You know what? The other memory I had from recording that was, and shout out to Joe Belinsky on this, is I remember at, at that point, you know, he was in our band and played with us really up till pretty like two months, three months before we cut the album. So we had Matt Stroh, a different yeah. guy, kind of right. taking his place, but we wanted to record with Joe. Yeah. Uh, and Joe was at OU at the time we were up in Cleveland. It's like a three and a half hour drive or something. But I remember he came in for the days for one yeah, day, for one day, for one day of the tracking, we did like four days maybe. And he came in for the, the second last or last day. And I just remember he, he like came in 
and we we tracked a couple things and then it was like whatever 2 p.m 2 30 and we still hadn't tracked his guitar on sexuality yet mm -hmm. and he's like guys i have to i have to be at work in athens in like three hours <laughs> so it's like it's like, <laughs> like i have time for one take so we let him go and he did one take and it he ripped it and to the that's the that if you go listen to that song the uh lead guitar there's really two lead guitars yeah, in that lead, song there's like a melodic guitar that but, like we'll play in the back yeah the but but the lead guitar that's soloing over everything is that one single take he did and then then he left and dude i have like a video like i'll never forget looking through the glass as well all three of us just being like jaw dropped because yeah i remember was, i remember that moment vividly there's a part in the song sexuality like the middle part where it just sounds like you are in like i always imagine just like a tornado or like a whirlpool it's just like wow and then it yeah. spits you right out and i know and exactly that's thanks to joe for sure yeah dude. which part you're talking about yeah yeah. yeah dang that that, that sparked memory that that now. stands out to me and how hot it was in there <laughs> yeah there was like no <laughs> circulation it was like 90 like outside we it was also, like 105 inside we also wanted to get pictures i remember and for some reason went yeah. up to this like attic and shout out to ashton dever <laughs> uh she took some pictures for us but we like climbed these like ladders and it was like we're all sweating i remember it was like above an elevator shaft or something yeah, it was, it was in like some old warehouse. I remember there, there was like, like the, the studio. Was there was like a pulley of an elevator there. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like in the photo. We'll we'll post the photo on our uh, Instagram of us in the elevator shaft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, no, man, those are good memories. And like I said, it like the, the, it, it was just good to be able to like always have that and like to always be able to like look back and like think of those memories yeah and, like think about playing and even with you club as well man like playing again those three songs we played like i think we jammed high tide with you as well which is also <laughs> on that album yeah i remember that hearing definitely rings too. a bell yeah i've i've seen the footage of when clep was playing yeah there, you recorded was it in like joe's backyard or your backyard it, it, yeah there's one in my backyard i was actually telling clep and joe when we did our one last week that i have a whole like i have every single song still and like yeah um, you never yeah. said that to me i seen you <laughs> it's funny i'm i'm like if memory serves those songs change a lot too between like that footage when you were playing it and then oh, like the recording dude big time i mean it just shows like the two different i mean the aspect of two different drummers being able to come in drummers control the whole tempo they control everything to do with the music so yeah no it definitely just evolved into what both of you have created it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but yeah no so, so that's a fun memory man um and then you also, I also have to give a shout out in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Brothers Lounge just announced that they are opening back up. They're over on Detroit and West 117th area. And uh, they were closed for a while, but I just heard they did a lot of renovations and they're going to mm -hmm. open up. And uh, so tell these people about what uh, Brothers Lounge likes or hosts that you've told me. Well, yeah, yeah. So they're a huge music hub here, and they I think they did just reopen. Yeah. But, uh, but one, yeah, yeah one cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there's a a drummer up here named Billy Coakley. He's one of the sort of like a, a patriarch drummer around here, you know, he's from the older generation. He uh, He's just an awesome drummer, man, to this day, just super energetic. 
uh, and has you know his own style, but he hosts at Brothers Lounge, or at least did before the pandemic, uh, drum karaoke, where he would you know bring up his kit and uh, you know a guest kit. And I think it would start out with him doing a thirty-minute session, basically whatever he wanted to educate you on, whatever craziness he was concocting, like in the previous month, he would go up and do that for maybe the first thirty minutes as like a drum clinic. And then from there, like, you know, local drummers can just come up and uh, request songs. And it's, you're playing along to tracks, but you get to do it live in a, you know, in a fully mic'd drum kit with, you know, a sound system. So it's a pretty unique experience. And what I loved about it is that you just get to play stuff live with, you know, a full sound system that you would never get to do with a normal band. Like, for example, Tool. I'm probably in my life never going to be in a cover band that can or would be willing to play like a Tool song. But if I ever did learn one, I could bring it there and play it live, you know, in front of an audience with a sound system. So like, yeah, yeah. Pre-pandemic, I was trying to get to those and hopefully they'll bring it back here. Yeah, hopefully they do. Would So would you karaoke as well while playing? (laughs) Sing while doing it? Yeah. No, I do that in my band, but I don't do that... uh, like we, I have some songs I sing with Fireside okay. while, while I play. But uh, have you found that tough, like being able to provide that just extra vocal while playing drums? I've, I mean, I don't know how to play drums, so I can only. Imagine it depends on the song. <laughs> so what I, the advantage I think you have as a melodic musician when you're singing is that you're playing notes that your your brain can like anchor to. So in you know the little bit of guitar playing and singing in my home that I have done. Like if you're singing, generally, you know, it's going to go with the notes that you're playing. Not that they're necessarily, you know, not that the note you're singing is going to be the same as the note you're playing, but sometimes that is the case. But either way, you you have the melody of the guitar that you're playing to like anchor you as a singer. And as a drummer, you don't have melody. So it's it's like the difference between riding a bike with training wheels and like no training wheels for the first time. Maybe that's a good analogy. Yeah. And so it's, so that's like when I'm thinking of it, sometimes I'll associate certain words that I'm singing with certain notes I'm hitting as the drummer. That's smart, so like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know I'm accenting the snare here. And when I'm accenting that, I'm also singing this word. So if I can make that connection, then I know, you know, it keeps me vocally on track with what I'm playing with the drums when, you know, I, I have like checks. I have yeah. checks as I'm playing, you know, mentally. I'm like, okay, I sang this at the right time because I sang it when I hit the snare or I accented the snare there. Uh, so everything's it's good. It's good to have those just mental notes for yeah. sure. And just a lot of practice. Like sometimes you just got to listen to it a million times. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very hard for me to do, honestly, unless I have the actual drum component of it, like, memorize like the back of my hand i can't like my brain just can't separate the two so basically if i'm gonna do it i i'm only doing the singing and i just have the drum part down so well that i'm not actually thinking about it when i'm playing it yeah yeah it it's similar experience for me it's either you know get the drums down so well you can focus on the singing or get the singing down so well you can focus on the drumming yeah Yeah. it's very hard to compartmentalize the two because like you said you you don't have the melody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no training wheels (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so Spruce usually does this, but I'm going to take the lead on it because you're a drummer. Um, walk us through your kit. Uh, you can kind of see oh, yeah. behind me what you're playing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, give us the full kit breakdown. So it is, I still want to make some adjustments. Uh, currently, it's a kit called Crush. That's the name of the company. It's the Crush, five, or, uh, Crush four-piece acrylic. Uh, so it's a plastic kit, acrylic, see-through. Um, I went to NAM back in 2011, which was like a music. Uh, you're saying like Vietnam. I came back from NAM. Back in NAM. Yeah. They have a great wood out there. Uh, so it's a music convention, NAMM. Uh, it's like National Association of Musical something. I'm forgetting the acronym right now. Shame on me. But whatever the case. They, I think two times a year, they do one in Anaheim and one in Nashville. Uh, so I went to the Nashville show and it's, it's a floor show for the industry, right? So they have all this tech stuff. Um, and my dad was out there with a company at, at this time, like 2011. So I got out there and was just exploring the showroom floor and like found these guys presenting. And right around that time, I was about to go get my first kit or finally ready to look into getting one. And so I saw this and like got to try it on the floor over at NAM, and uh, it was awesome. So I went ahead and grabbed it and it's, it's done me well since. So that's, that's the kit itself. Uh, floor pedal is uh, Thomas Speed Cobras. That's normally what I use, but lately I've been using this really old Tama from my dad's kit from like the seventies, which it's, it's nothing Groovy. special, but as an, any German would know, like it's so much about feel with the floor pedal. And I just love the feel of this thing. So it's just this old Tama. I don't know why I've just really liked it. Uh, so I've been rocking that lately. Symbols uh, are all Zildjian custom A's currently or A customs, which is sort of like the brighter, you know, nice line of Zildjians without getting too crazy, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So I bought them as a set, but I kind of want to customize I'm hoping to customize that symbol setup still. I like some of the custom A's, but the, the Zildjian custom K's, uh, I want to pick up some of those as well so I can mix and match because I really love the, the deep, the dark tones that those, those K symbols get. Um, and then other than that, all it's like all DW hardware because that stuff lasts forever. Yeah. Get good DW hardware. If you're out there and you're a drummer, it's heavy as hell, but... It'll last you forever. Uh, so I'm rocking the DW hardware. Uh, I, you know, that's the only kit I've owned my entire career. So I'm finally, maybe in a year or two, I like, I finally want to pick up a good wood kit. Um, I don't know where, where my heart will take me, but I'm just going to walk into the shop with a, with an open heart and an open mind and see uh, what we can find. But I'd really love to get a, a good wood kit. Yeah. dope no yeah man you've had that kit like so did you get that kit like right when you started drumming mm, not right away i think maybe like two years in something like that uh, up, up till that point i was still using my dad's old yeah beater kit yeah yeah it's it's yeah no uh yeah no you're due you're due Eight yeah years. yeah no it's and it's a good kit it's you know it's it's a good acrylic kit it's just i want to i i'd love to have the option between like you know take out the 
the acrylic, which has its own sound, or take out, you know, a good wood kit, which has its own sound. And then, you know, depending on the type of wood you're using to that, that will change it, you Definitely. know? So something to look forward to. That's the curse of a musician. Like once you get, it's, you'll never make money in this hobby ever, <laughs> at least unless you really make it because man, it's just an endless cycle of like all the gear you want or need. Like I always have a, a wish list that's two miles long. Dude, it's hard. Especially with drums. Yeah. Those are expensive. Mm-hmm. You can drop five figures on a kit. Easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you definitely can. That's why it's taken me this long to get that one up and running. And I still want to get some bells and whistles. <laughs> Splash symbol, something like that. Well, I'm going to need both of yeah. your when I'm looking at kits for my studio. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. you've given me... Uh, the quest love one the quest love tiny boy the breakbeats kit i think that's what it is but it comes yeah. with the snare you said <laughs> comes with the snare and from everything i've heard it's a good kit for the size like it is small uh so you know bear that in mind i wouldn't necessarily take it out into a you know a full-sized room but it might yeah. be good for like an acoustic room obviously good for a room like this uh i think he i think if i remember i think i told you this he designed it with new york city drummers in mind so that it was small enough that they could take it and pack it up and haul it on the subway yeah that's cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to quest love <laughs> quest love dude great drummer yeah uh, yeah i was about to say i that i always get taken back whenever i think of him there's this video of him alicia keys and john mayer on youtube dude they they do a combination of gravity and uh if i ain't got you um by mm-hmm. alicia keys it's so good yeah he very is, cool he's, he's like love playing drums yeah he's like a master of like the drunk i think it's called like the drunk foot technique i think i don't know if that's an official name or not but that's how so i've heard it. So <laughs> like tapping it or no like it, he like pushes and well it's not pushing it's dragging he like plays everything on meter but his foot drags behind the meter by like a you know fraction of a second yeah but he does it so consistently and it creates like a great pull for you know the style of drumming he does like great for funk drumming great for like like old funk drumming not like fusion drumming that you kind yeah. of think of now when you think of funk like old school slow funk drumming dope. yeah it, it's awesome dope 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 well uh yeah like we've talked about so uh fireside is gonna be playing out do you guys have any gigs coming up we have a lot of gigs. Uh, I would have to check the calendar, but we are currently playing this year at the Sly Fox in North Olmstead every second Saturday of each month. Um, oh, I think wow. there's a couple exceptions for that in the summer because uh, we've got some like private gigs and stuff like that. But yeah, we have that. Um, we definitely have some stuff coming up in May. There's a place called The Basement that we're playing in July or June. I think it's July. Uh, is that in columbus no no <laughs> different basement different basement, basement i don't know go to uh I fireside know. cle at facebook you'll you'll find all the bookings yeah I'm, and, I'm, we'll, and, and we'll be posting as well on our stuff they'd probably be upset at, at me that i don't know any other dates right now but <laughs> <laughs> it's all right it's it's what are we yeah we're not even in eh. april we got time yeah 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 um, but dope. Yeah. We'll definitely, uh, check you out there. Um, yeah, like I said, they'll, we'll be on my album. I'm very excited to start working on that with you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. The next exciting, uh, original project. Yes. And then hopefully many more to come between uh, all of us. And, uh, 
yeah, I'm just excited. I love just creating. Uh, with yeah, people. yeah. Hey, you got to do it for you first. If no yeah. one listens to it. It's like it's the process that's. Yeah, no, you know? I I do it, and this may sound selfish, but every like my music, at least for now, is just for me. Like it's just for me to be able to look back on. Um, we were did a Billie Eilish album review uh, <laughs> recent uh, a couple of days ago. Was and- that just for you too? And and that was literally I said to choose that, but there's a song on there. Everybody dies, and everybody does die. So I got to leave something behind, and that's my music. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Uh dope, Club, fellow drummer. You got anything uh, over in the Holland? Um, nothing specific. Um, yeah, just once you know those dates, uh, let us know, and we'll try to make it out to a show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll text JJ and Yeah, no, I yeah. have to make it out. I have yet to see you guys, honestly, since the pandemic let us all yeah. loose. So I definitely gotta make to that Sly Fox. I swoop. like that bar as well. Yeah, we'll definitely swoop. I'll get club up here as well and we'll Cool, good stuff. Dance. That'll be fun. Yes, it's it's dude, it will be fun. And I'm just excited again for the summer and we'll uh like I said, Dell will be here for our Food Fighters review. We'll honestly just have you on in and out for mm-hmm. different segments yeah. as well. Is it going to be Wasting Light? We'll do Wasting Light because you did tell me that's your favorite album. And honestly, one theirs, I really yeah. don't know too much off of. So, Recorded in Dave Grohl's Garage. And and guess yeah. what? We won't even do it in a series. We'll just do it. We'll just drop it randomly one day and surprise <laughs> all of you stallions out there. So yeah. look out for that. There we go. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, and we'll and I know we talked about it before. We'll have you back on in like the fall. We'll be excited to catch up. And uh, like I said, you'll be in and out. But cool. Um, yeah. Besides that, uh, if you've listened to us, still, we like to neigh at the end of our podcast because we're a bunch of standing and standing tall. Um, but let's do a little sign out. My name is Bruce. Dylan. Um, what? Oh, and hoops, this. I came in early. Restart, oh, restart, restart. Oh, my gosh. Clef. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Clef, you start us off. All right. I'm Clef. I'm Spruce. I'm Dylan. And this has been another episode of Vinyl Stallion. Stallions. Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> Happy dog. <laughs>